Welcome to the Football Podcast with Gadgies Paul O'Neill and me, Paul Larkin. We have the odd guest, and sometimes we even let Doogie Walt on. Hope you enjoy the crack.
Yes, indeed. They are indeed. So it's been a tumultuous weekend of Scottish football. Um, but I thought we'd flip things round to now, primarily because we're supposed to be three years on, and right now there's only two of us. So uh, the fan base can relax, though. I can, I'm pleased to say that the other one is the real Duke of Edinburgh, the man who's been likened to so many people that he's almost an impressionist, Mr Paul O'Neill. <laughs> likened solely by you, I think. But, uh, uh, well... Uh, <laughs> It wasn't me to put the picture up of Peter Sutcliffe in the group. That's all I'm going to say. Um, so I thought I'd flip things round because I thought it was a wee bit arse over elbow and start talking about the European games. Um, and we'll start off with, obviously, um, Celtic 2 Altman now was the first game. Now, I went into this game, Paul, and um, I must admit, I thought, you know, this might be a step too far for Celtic, um, given the kind of rebuilding process that's gone on and the... You kind of lacky defenders that they have. Um, but outside of the first 15 minutes where they played really well and had two great chances, I thought Celtic were excellent. Did you see the game? I've seen the highlights, I've seen the goals. Um, yeah, it sounds, it sounds like they're very good again, especially attacking wise. Like, mm. A few folk I spoke to said the first uh, 10 15 minutes Celtic were a wee bit ropey at the back. Mm. But after that, kind of took control. Um, seen a lot of praise for Anthony Ralston as well, which mm. is a guy that's obviously got a bit stick. Previously, no, no, not like in the last few weeks, but I mean, I think there's been a bit of question marks about whether he's right for Celtic or good enough. Aye. I, heard, I heard he was very good again. Aye, I um, mean, he was. He, he's, um, you know, a run of games, obviously, and I mean, it's like anything. I mean, I know some football fans think that, you know, when they go to work, they probably shadow people and, and get an induction and all that kind of thing, but they expect football players to be on the money, on the money for minute one. Mm. Um, and life doesn't really work like that, but. What's happened with him is he's clearly yeah, gaining confidence and uh, having Joe Hart behind him probably helps immensely as well. But as you say, you know, middle to front Celtic are, are looking really, really good. Um, the kind of uh, one-twos around the box, the slick passing, uh, the fast uh, tempo with the game. Um, Altmar, and, and I think as well it has to be said that that's helped by the crowd being lifted mm. Um, in previous year, obviously, that might not have happened. But, um, you know, Altmar looked a really good side. Although, I must admit, I did get one wee sort of flicker of hope before the game. I was in the main stand and I saw a guy standing with, like, the lanyard on at the side of the pitch asking a photographer to take a picture of him with kind of Celtic Park behind him. And I was kind of like, well, I wonder who that is. And it turns out it was their manager. <laughs> so, That's not you wanting yeah, to figure out, was it? I suppose. Uh, so I thought, oh, maybe he's just happy to be here. So that was quite good. But it was, I mean, we could have scored a third one late doors, um, which probably would have seen us through definitely. But, you know, it's gave us a big, big chance of going through uh, on Thursday, which I think anybody going into that game would have taken. Um, Carabag 1, Aberdeen 0. No, I didn't see this game, Paul. You were worried about the heat. <laughs> I wasn't worried about the heat. I I, know, I thought it might be a bit of a, <clears throat> a bit of a factor for Aberdeen though. Mm. Um, I think it was about thirty degrees in Azerbaijan. Um, I think Karabag. I think are one of these teams as well that are um, they're pretty experienced in in European football now, especially in like the qualifiers and the early rounds. So I always thought it was going to be a tough game for Aberdeen. 
uh, the, the the photos of the pitch. This is one of these games I've never actually seen, to be honest, but like, because of lack, lack of highlights, lack of um, coverage of one live game. So not and, only has yeah. Doogie turned up late, but he's also smashing his hoosty bits. <laughs> what the fuck is going on? Demolishing that, that wall behind him, I think. Um, um, I thought he would jump in and start contributing about the game, but obviously he's fucked off now, so we need to. We can't hear you. Right, I'm coming, I'm coming. Sorry, fucking made myself a cup of tea, and that my shop by my flat is fucking horrendous at uh, keeping their milk mm. fresh. Okay, I'm sure the listeners are delighted to hear that. Well, uh, I. But can you just fill us in on what happened in Carabag on Thursday, please, do you? Um, well, as you know, from well, it was well documented, the state of the pitch was absolutely horrendous. It was something out of a, like a 1970s FA Cup tie from mm-hmm. like the early rounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the way I could best sort of picture it. But uh, it was a really brutal game to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I just one one sort of decent moment for them where they scored and we never really created much at all but second half was a lot better they brought McLennan on for Jet Jet was pretty useless on Thursday he needed some guys who could actually run mm-hmm. and uh, yeah I'll give them themselves a bit of a chance um, so well that's what I was just going to ask you did you see enough to think you've got a chance he's still overturning this I don't know, it's a big-ass anchor squad's just a wee bit threadbare. So, mm. obviously, after, after today, there's a couple of guys that have, well, Hayes came off injured. So, the McLennan, we're not too worried about him at all. Mm. Um, who do we have that can come in? Um, and even, even on a good pitch, does the, 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 this team look better? That's, that's what I'm worried about. So, mm. uh, I think it's, I think, percentage-wise, Percentage chance that we're going to go through, I would say about maybe maybe thirty percent. Oh, okay. I, I I thought that as like I was listening to the radio on on uh, Thursday, and by all accounts, you were getting battered in the first half. Like it could have been, I, I don't know if that's fair or no, but it seemed like it was lucky to be one one nil half time. And I text you and says like one nil. If you get out there by one nil, it's it keeps this tie alive. It's not a bad result. So I do think. Obviously, I think they're a relatively well-experienced team, so I think it'll be a hard game. As you say, like both teams are playing on a bad pitch, so like it might not be great for you, but it's no good for them either. No. So, like, I, it's interesting to see how they react on the better. So they, 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 I mean, I, I, as a team, they didn't look like uh, the years gone by under McInnes and that we played some really top teams, even like top teams, but not necessarily top names. Um, I would say we played better. I think we played probably a bit better teams than them and all their rounds. Mm. So that's what's given me the bit of hope. But obviously, as you say, I mean this team have played. They've been in the Champions League group stages. Yeah. Um, so they're no mugs. Yeah. Um, so hopefully they have a horrendous journey. Hopefully some folk have stocked up on some fireworks up north. I know exactly which hotel they're staying in. Do their work and. Uh, See what comes Thursday night. Should be a decent crowd. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be there. But um, yeah, just uh, we've got a chance. It's not as if we're trying to chase a two. And then the away goal thing might help us as well. Mm. Yeah. Because if they if they like score in the first ten minutes, that's fucked. The the, the game with the atmosphere will go flat. Mm. Uh, at least if we go if we went one down and we get one back, 
than that. I've just uh, only one more goal to get, so I keep make the tie level. Um, Huns won one nil against Alice. Did anybody see that? It was a even on the telly. That I don't know. Well, it wasn't. I think Johnson was only game. Right. It was actually on the, on the proper telly. Um, um, the Aye, well, I didn't wait need to know what you watched on the telly for. Uh, we'll, we'll recap EastEnders later. The uh, the one one they went a uh, man doing um, uh, an Armenian team, so probably I don't think they were very enamoured with their performance or anything like that. So hopefully the Armenians have done enough to go for. And the last one, of course, was last one, James Lenny FC one. Um, now, for what I heard, Paul, you said Josh started okay, but then. We're seeing we get a bit of battering in the second half. I, I remember battering first, but I think they, they started the game really well, um, really went solid, didn't look in any danger mm. at all, uh, took the lead. Chris Kerr? Uh, it went, Is it Chris Kerr? Yes, uh, Chris Kane. Um, Chris Kane, sorry, I beg your pardon. I, and I, I think they were, they were playing really well, and I, I think even at 1 0, they had a chance to make it 2, which I, I just hope isn't the one that's going to kill them, because if they made it 2, I think it's completely. Yeah. Tie over back to uh, McDermott because he could just shut up shop. Um, but last came into it and obviously pulled one back. And like the penalty that um, St Johnson gave away was so naive. It's just at that level where you've got to be that bit cute. Yeah. Um, McCart left his leg hanging and it mm-hmm. was a complete, it was a stonewall penalty. Um, mm. And in the end, they could have lost it, they were hanging on a wee bit. But I think yeah. it would have been really unfair. Really unfair for him to lose. I mean, but my, I think my, big, my big worry for the second leg is on Thursday night, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that it clashes with Emmerdale, and um, there might not be a crowd there. But uh, I'm sure James Lenny and his whole family are gone. Um, I think so. I've also got they've also got 28 spaces in the parking lot, and that's just for three of them and their tractors, obviously. <laughs> uh, okay, so now we go into league action. A Celtic six St Mirren nil. Um, St Mirren were maybe hamstrung. I don't know. It's that Jim Goodwin um, has contracted COVID. Obviously, wish him all the best. This was another one of these games where it could have been a cricket score. Abada scored two. Turnbull scored his first hat trick. Um, Edward scored. Um, so and Alan Power was sent off. Um, which was I must admit I thought his reaction was funny. Um, where he just walked away to the referees if nothing was even going to be done about it, like you know what I mean. Um, I, I, I watched um, the highlights last night and it was <laughs> it's the most like straight through the middle red card you're ever going to see. see. He's just caught him on a touchline. He's fallen right through. It's stupid. I don't know what he's doing. Well, that's him, what I was going to say is that why, why would you even try and tackle somebody there? No, Ken. Well, that's the problem. Like the, the area is not going to hurt you. It's also well early in the game, so it's not even like frustrations boiled over. It's it's a stupid tackle for power and he's completely sold his team in the river because mm. after like they're one 0 doing anyway and that's always a big ask but yeah. it felt felt a bit a wee bit after that like I must say the goalkeeper didn't cover himself in glory at a couple no. of them and, it's, and he's normally quite reliable him um, but nah he was you know he just had an off day I mean he's I will say this for the guy if there's ever a Xander Clark um, lookalike competition he'll win it. <laughs> okay, yeah, man. Because there was actually a couple. Of, I heard a couple of boys saying, "Have they seen that boy for St Johnston?" <laughs> and of course, it's like anything. You know, it's not true, but then you go, "Maybe they have. Maybe they just missed it completely." Like you know, <laughs> um, but no, Celtic um, obviously scoring a lot of goals and playing really well. So all good there. Uh, Livingston one, Motherwell two. Now, before I uh, 
talking about this, I must say, I think Davy Martindale listened to our uh, shout out last week to go a wee bit more mental because he was <laughs> fucking furious after the game. Aye, it's probably his own team to be honest. Like the, the goals they lost were mm. so poor. Like um, the first one, like what's been? Oh, sorry, obviously they took the, they took the lead. And then Forrest scored his second goal after last week scoring his first ever goal. Aye, so I they took they took the lead and they were probably worth it for that point. But then they lost the goal just after half time when Tony Watts um, Watt was really sharp. He was a good ball bounce in the box and he was elected to it and knocked it in. But for me, the goalkeeper should be challenging for that. Like mm. it's in, it's within about an eight-yard radius. He should be at least trying to put the striker off the map in, but he's sleeping. I mean, in the second one, second one, the goal is just. Aye, well, that's what's got like Grimshaw, um, first ever goal, uh, senior yeah, goal. Aye. But what I was going to ask you, Dougie, was Tony Watt is is playing really well at the minute. I mean, is he somebody you think Aberdeen should maybe be looking at? Because I think he's he should be at a higher level, to be quite honest. Yeah, funny. I mean. It must be those uh, Jack Viewer socks he's wearing. <laughs> but um, yeah, he's had a cracking start to the season. Eh? He actually, funny you should say that he was training at Aberdeen mm-hmm. a few years ago under McInnes. And uh, it was like, it was like basically, right, well, he's going to sign. Mm. And then he ended up signing for Motherwell, I think, after that. And yeah. uh, um, that's not a name that's been branded about. I have to say, I'd be a wee bit underwhelmed if. Uh, there was a wee sort of uh, pen, pencil emoji and paper, and it was fucking Tony Watt. <laughs> the, only, the only only good thing would be that the second name would be on the back of the shirt. That's about well, that's about as good as it would can get. I, can I just ask you on that, Dougie? You, you, uh, do you know someone called Al Watt? That's my brother. Yeah, he's we. Well, I noticed. I was uh, having a wee look at our Twitter the day. We follow him. He doesn't follow us. <laughs> Um, so if you could oh, just, I'll have another uh, one for Paul him Paul knows him as well well so if either one of you could just have a that, 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 that would be more than Paul than me right, well Paul if you could maybe just you know remind him his responsibilities to this family it would be helpful <laughs> um, see, like, see on Tony Watt though just say like I, obviously he was at Hearts for a while and well, like ability wise that boy's mm-hmm. got everything but it's whether he can screw the heat and maybe now that he's getting a bit older and he realises uh, listen I think Tony Watt would be the first guy to tell you now he did the screw the heat early doors um, but uh, I can honestly say genuinely good guy you know and uh, what, I mean I, I know it's not the day he's football but the work he does behind the scenes is fucking incredible like for people it really is well like um, I, I really like, he still talks about hearts in a positive light online mm-hmm. and helps helps like sort of well apart from that he comes across quite well right. on like Twitter and that he's obviously I mean, no uh, daft he's the first Scottish football player ever to be a cinema critic uh, I remember that <laughs> what I mean. to watch Um I remember I'll no name names in case it ends up in a Twitter swing, but I remember showing that to a football player and he, went, he just looked at me for fuck's sake it's Barry Norman um, <laughs> which I thought was quite funny just one last thing on the Livingston game I thought a really nice touch for Stephen Carey who passed mm. away um, there seemed to be a real genuine emotion for the guy um, yes. and it's something you rarely see in football but even the players were quite clapping in the 34th minute you know so thoughts for him and his family obviously ok the first game of the day today Dundee 2 Hibs 2 Paul you always like a chance to put the duty to Hibs would you like to step ahead <laughs> Um, it was actually a really good game. Like I, I watched it. It was a entertaining match. Mm, uh, I wouldn't go that far, but yeah. Well, I, quality was the great. Um, I thought, I thought a draw was a bit right overall. Probably, mm, I thought uh, probably Dundee, 
I thought started like a house on fire and we're getting Hibs a bit of battering. Obviously, once Cummins scored, then Adam had a long range effort that was well saved by Aye. Macy. I think Paul McMullen had one as well. Um, I think Dundee had chances, but they obviously regret no no taking it when they're one up. You've got to mm. you've got to put a team like Hibs to bed when they've got the guys like uh, Boyle and that. Um, so Hibs came back into it pretty well. Yeah, I thought penalty was outside the box personally. It was, aye. Um, just to just to say, Paul, can you can you let do you say some things on the games? Because you just seem to be talking about the entire game and leaving them for a call to say. <laughs> well, okay. that that for that one, Paul, that's fine because that, that was. I did think that where I was. Where I was pre-match, there wasn't uh, right, well, TVs. We are so. going to we are going to cover that, Dougie. Don't worry. But what I want to say, Paul, um, did did Paul McGowan win Dundee the league when he equalised? <laughs> Fucking mental. What on earth happened there? Tried to climb like some kind of barrier. <laughs> <then>. <laughs> <laughs> My wife's gone. We're watching it. My wife's gone. He's got to get booked for that. I said I don't think he's really that bothered, given that he's jumped in the Dundee end. <laughs> um, I, I must say as well, though, like I mentioned it before, but Hibs again cross balls into the box. I just kind of deal with them like simple. It's, like uh, the first one, especially, wasn't even a good cross. Look, let's, it just seemed tragic. Let's face it, it's doing it Ryan Porteous. Like, there's no two ways about it. I mean, even if you ask Hibs fans as well, I mean, I was talking to Hibs fans during the week saying that he said he's. The, week, the weakest link at the moment, he needs to, you know, step up kind of thing. Uh, what I'd say, Portis's favour of the day was a good finish for the goal. It was quite uh, quite sharp, but aye, defensively, no, no, no great. Aye, but, uh, and Martin Boyle scoring as well. Um, wee bit of, I don't know, I don't know, it goes controversy before the game with Kevin Nisbet supposedly being ill. Now, I know mm. there was stuff going around about Griffiths and all that, and Nisbet, I think that's utter bullshit as far as I'm concerned, like, but, I think it was you who said, Paul, that um, Ron Gordon had said they need to sell players, you know, at least one player, and they've no really sell any. No, and they, they mentioned, he mentioned it before and he wasn't shy about it. He basically mm. said, in order for their model to work, they have to sell players when they're at the top of their game. Um, Doig, I think they gambled a bit. Like mm. I think they named a price thinking it would spark, spark a wee bit of bidding war. No. And it's, it's no, it's no game at all. Well, it's a depressed um, market, isn't it? I mean, Celtic have signed the fucking Croatian right back for two and a half million. They would never have got him for that price in a normal circumstance. Like, never, aye. you know. Was that, was that all they paid for that? Two bro? and a half million, aye. I mean, it is, it's a depressed market. Eh? It's like, I mean, there might be a transfer. In, like, for example, I think, say, hypothetically, Celtic paid three million and gave Griffiths for Nisbet. No, I don't think that'll happen. But that might kickstart a few transfers in Scotland, you know, with us having to. Because Hibs, you know, listen, if they're basically Martin Boyle away if he fucking completely collapsing. You know mm. what I mean? Because they've already lost Deutsch till next year, and if they lose this bit, okay, what I mean? And, you know, it's. I don't know. I think there's something about Hibs, for me, with the players that they've got there now, should be pretty, uh, by what we're entertaining, and they actually are. And, um, I don't know, the midfield. I mean, Gogic, to me, Jesus fuck. He's got a lot. He's got a lot of pillars. There's guys in public parks who give a fucking better game than him. I said at the start of the season, was it how many centre midfielders does Ross want to sign? It's like he doesn't know what his best combination is. And he'll just chuck two in there every week and see if it sticks. He's got Scott Allen sitting on the bench, you know what I mean? If he's fit, play him. Um, Okay, two games that we'll probably know anything about. Ross County 2, Huns 4. Nobody's seen a thing, obviously. No, I don't know what no, no, nothing about it, to be honest. Um, one stand, there was uh, the Huns uh, got a penalty against them. 
for the first time uh, in their history since think, 2012. Um, and so done United 1-0 St Johnston nil at McDermott Park. Sorry about this, James Laney, but I have to slag Paul even there because you completely wrote off Dunn United after the first game of the season. Well, yes, I, you I, did. I, I I fancied them the day, to be fair. Oh, did you? Well, you never mentioned that. Unless it's said in public, it's fucking... <laughs> didn't happen. All right, aye. No, no, you're right, you're right. I did write them off the first uh, game of the season. I think, to be honest, a um, few people did. Aye. I, think, I didn't expect them to be as good as... It. They were really good against Rangers. They were, I guess I could win the day. Um, I, I think St Johnston went almost full strength today aye, though they did. I don't know if that's maybe like, they've not got a massive squad so I don't know if they're maybe tired or, or um, they just St Johnston's worry is um, scoring goals I think mm. like, they're always going to be solid but they're not scoring any goals just now well talking about scoring goals Peter Pollock scored and then managed to get himself sent off 20 minutes later so um, <laughs> and I, meant, I think one of those was for celebrating was it? Uh, yeah, the first one was. Uh, although I've not seen the celebration, obviously, so I can't comment on it. Okay, the big one of the day, the Walter Neal Derby. Hearts won, Aberdeen won. Now, Doogie, you shocked us last night by telling us we were going for a pizza before the game. <laughs> what was that all about, yeah. and why was it at the expense of alcohol? <laughs> well, alcohol was involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, that wasn't an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just more uh, one of our... Uh, Jambo Pals said that uh, that's where they were going before the game. So mm. I was due to play golf this morning before going up, but only I was uh, I had to retire yesterday in the same competition early. So I injured my back, uh, so I was free to go for somewhere before the game. Wait a minute, can uh, I just is that a deliberate injury then? You, you chucked it. <laughs> no, I, I wish I wish it was like if it was an ongoing issue, really boring chat. But there'll uh, be there'll be. Off the course for a while, um, spasm issues. But uh, fuck, I've, just watched, I've got that Ross County games on sports scene now. You know, there's nothing about it. Eh? But it was an absolute stonewall penalty for Ross County not getting. Um, what's he on about, Paul? <laughs> the, can I just clarify that this back injury has got nothing to do with the fact that a female gave you a lift team last Sunday? <laughs> last Sunday. Aye, were well, you not paralytic in your mates' house? Oh, right, I fuck oh, uh, I, I can't uh, see life better than he does. Anyway, so the pizza, was what was the place called again, Doogie, sorry? Pizza Napoli or it's something? It's got, it's, I think it's called, oh, fuck it, like 1926 That's Pizzeria, it. but it's like very, it's all Napoli themed. So they've oh, got like right. a, well, like a walk, like across the main, mm. across the main room, they've got like a, a, a washing line ball, like those are Nap- Napoli mm. tops. Even the like the the ovens like all in blue, like almost like in a big Napoli shirt. Yeah. As you walk through the toilet, they've got like a framed away smart, really smart uh, Napoli away kit in red with the Mars uh, sponsor. And uh, that food food was excellent. And Pira uh, Moretti on tap. So, yeah, that sounds like a bit of us, Paul. Uh, I think we should arrange something there soon because just to go and. You know, steal that top basically. Um, you you went, wouldn't be a bad wouldn't be a bad place for her to do a live. Oh, a live. That's not a bad idea, by the way. Dalry Road, as you see it, is it? Ah, it's it's very it's very accessible from Haymarket and all form other forms of uh, public ah, transport. I must say, it seems like Dougie's got a guy on getting some. Uh, He's told me, uh, he's fucking, he's no tell us he's got 25% of the company, like again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but Paul, you went with your wife, am I right? Oh, I did, I, 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 See, I'm recently on Instagram and I'm starting to realise I have a thing to do what people do now, again, you know? 
because um, Facebook and its algorithms can get to fuck, but um, I did notice that she put up an Instagram story saying it was good to be back, I think, or something right. like that. Um, I don't know why, like, but um, <laughs> is your two seats together at Tyne Castle? Aye, we are right. Right, So she can't get rid of you there either, then, okay. Oh, did uh, Alba just stay in the house or did you get a babysitter? Um, grandparent watched her. Wait a minute, grandparent? Well, I thought your. Uh, aye, sorry, I almost had a fucking mind blank there. I thought your fear in law was a hair supporter. Yes, aye, he's not got a scene to get this, you know. Oh, right, so, aye, 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 aye. Uh, right, okay, so the game itself, Paul, let's have the hearts angle. Honestly, I, I think a draw was probably right. Okay. Uh, first half, I thought Hearts were the, the team that were looking to make the play, but made them force it, but we never really created anything. Mm-hmm. Like, nothing clear cut. And I think the best chance of the first half was definitely Aberdeen's. Ramirez had one one on one with uh, Gordon. It was a good through ball for Ferguson. Mm-hmm. Um, but Ramirez made a bit of an arse, to be honest. He should have scored in my opinion. I don't know mm-hmm. if Doug had agreed with that. But, um, and se- second half, we got a, we took the lead for a penalty and I thought it was a penalty, it was a daft tackle Maybe for Gallagher. Maybe but carry on. <laughs> I genuinely just thought Gallagher was daft. Like, there's no need to make the challenge, he's going away for a goal. Um, and once we took the lead, I thought I thought we'd go and win it because I thought Aberdeen were starting to look a bit leggy and we mm. took pressure. But once um, Ojo pulled one back, kind of against the run of the, the play of the game, but again, Hearts weren't really looking any anything... Special in an attacking sense, and once they pulled it back, like I think I just, it just kind of petered out. Aberdeen probably looked the stronger at the end in terms of being fit, which is not what you'd expect coming for them playing on Thursday night. But overall, I think a draw was a bit right, like nothing, no goalie really had anything to do with the, the goals, to be honest. Uh, Doogie's Paul well, got a little uh, piss, sure. <laughs> Uh, that was uh, reasonably fair as, uh, as a, a jambo review, I could probably accept. But uh, uh, first half, uh, fairly even. Um, I think uh, Hearts probably had, well, as a home team, you'd all expect most of the ball. Certainly that chance for Ramirez that Paul quoted. It was a, it was a really good move, probably the best mm. move of the game. I thought Ferguson fucked the ball. We actually got it spot on, so it hit it into the ground. And then actually got a top spin on it. I think Ramirez maybe had even had time for a touch, but you could see what he was trying to do. Mm-hmm. Without mm-hmm. the foot, but he just hit it too straight, the straight Gordon. Um, but apart from that, they didn't really look like they were really going to create much. And then we had to make forced them to make a couple of changes, and then which were actually I think came to our benefit. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. I think we started, we started the second half well, and then. I thought, I thought I'd not seen the penalty back at the game. It looked reasonably soft, but I've been told it was a penalty, and I've, I've got no arguments. Um, but I think, I think, I, like I thought, second half, I thought we played really well. Um, got the goal, decent goal. It would, Ramirez put a goal, a ball across the box, and then it overran Dean Campbell, who came on for Hayes, but who I was really worried about. He was actually really good. Whipped it in first time and Ojo's got the front post and side foot it in. It's a decent goal. Mm-hmm. And from then, yeah, we never, Paul's right, we never really, there wasn't really any other saves or clear cut opportunities. But now, nah, was, I mean, especially Jet, who's been under some serious scrutiny mm-hmm. since he signed for us, he was excellent today. Best game he's had for us by a mile. That's and, it, I thought he when he came on it made a big difference. Like Aladdin's oh, not a natural wing back and Jet kind of rolled him a couple of times and then yeah. 
how they got a silly booking and then we had to change our shape, which completely fucked us because we ended up going back to a flat back four and it just lost us that extra wee bit of impetus. Um, and that all came from Jet. I what what says nil nil as well. Gary McKay Stevens missed when Lewis spilled the ball. Oh fuck me! Lewis should never be. I mean, I've got you've got some respect from he always he'll always when he comes he's always going to try and catch it. Mm-hmm. But the mm-hmm. way it's like it was like a was like a sort of there was a spin on the ball. Eh? So it was like a big really, and ball and he tried to get it and he's he's made a bit of an upset. Uh, he's got to, he's got to punch he's got to punch that. Mackay Stephen was like it was the goal was his mercy and he's knocked it wide. It was really poor. Oh, I, I think he that. that like in that in like open play it might have helped us kick on. But I knew like my my big uh, annoyance with the day is Nielsen again because we took the lead at a point where we probably had a decent amount of possession and, and we were pushing and we just sat back again and like, you can't do that every time you take the lead. Hmm. I mean, Paul, are you worried that this is a start that he has collapse this season or? It's been a long <laughs> no, time since you won a football right. match, like. No, I'm alright. Uh, we've had a pretty tough start, Celtic and Aberdeen in the first three games. Um, I'm like, oh, alright, I'm happy enough. Like, I was disappointed with it. Like, I thought Aberdeen were there for the take in terms of they should have been tired and stuff, um, and we, we should have taken advantage of that, but they ended up looking a bit sharper on us. And I don't know if Nielsen's trying to play funny buggers as well, because he only named six subs a day, and you're out seven, obviously. And he never named a single defender on the bench. And all of a sudden, when Halliday's gets a yellow card, we can't make a like for like change. So we have to change the whole shape of the team. Mm. And it's, it, I don't know if he's trying to prove a point about no getting signs in quick enough or whatever, but it's uh, it's not really, not really good enough, to be honest. It's just petty because we've got guys that are fit. Popescu, for instance, is, is fit. And, but anyway, I, that's just by the by. I'm just a bit disappointed with how negative we kind of approached it after we took the lead. Okay. Ball and all a bit of a damn squib after all the hype we gave it <laughs> during the week and stuff like that. I think, well, I think it was. I think the especially second half. It wasn't a bad. wasn't a bad game really. Uh, like class described it as a proper game of football. Um, but it's, it's always like between Hearts and Aberdeen. It's always like that time castle. It's always very uh, sort of um, the middle apart. Brown Brown was at his sort of really sort of the game was. For him, made for him today. Yeah. He was very good, especially the last fifteen minutes. Um, I've seen pictures. Certainly, that's riled Nielsen up somewhat. And uh, it doesn't take much to upset Robbie Nielsen. Let's face it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Just I mean, looks in the mirror. Yeah, right. well, aye, definitely. Okay, okay. So uh, we said a uh, combined discussion now. Um, because the rich list in football came out last week and it had some eye-watering figures in it that you know somebody like Lionel Messi is on £960,000 a week um, almost as much as you Paul um, <laughs> and just kind of looked at some of the wages in that in Scotland and kind of combining it with the prices now that, that are being charged by clubs I think this has kind of been rectified I don't know what you guys think and your experiences post-lockdown it feels like there's a wee bit of a clawback going on in money for pubs and restaurants and football teams and all that sort of stuff. And I just wonder how sustainable it is when basically it looks like to me in the game, the higher the prices are, the more it's just gone into the pocket of the players. Aye, well, I think at the top level, 100%. I think in Scotland, in terms of the, the increases in prices, I think it's... I think they've got a wee bit of a shock because you. How long have we been without full crowds and now they can go back? Yeah. Like and you see that there was gaps in the Hibs end of the day. 
Mm. Like for a game like that, in the first uh, one of their first away games and so on, uh, and to have gaps is bizarre. But that's because Dundee were charging them twenty nine quid, I think. Like, mm. and it's on the telly, and like no matter how much you've missed the football, it's hard to justify that. But it's on the telly. It is. I mean, Dougie, you said you paid thirty pound a day to get into Tyne Castle, and you know, I checked Man City's forty two quid to get in. Well, yesterday it was for a scene, told you, uh, Leeds Everton, an away fan was on the train, the ticket said, adult, 30 quid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this so is something that there's been an ongoing on, on on um, campaign for years in England, about 20 is plenty for away mm-hmm. fans. Because ultimately, and I think most people agree, the more away fans that are ground, the better the atmosphere, you know what I mean? Because they, you know, they go down and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as I said, the example I gave was I was looking at, because, you know, I've, I've always tried to go to other games when I can and can afford it and that kind of thing. And the first game, when I looked at the fixtures last week, was uh, Dundee United versus Hearts on Saturday at Tannadice. And it's 28 quid to get in. Mm. So if there's two of us, you know, straight away, you're into 56 plus your petrol, maybe 15 quid, I don't know. So you're at 70 bucks before you've even bought a pint of beer or a pizza as Doogie would, you know. Uh, well, I, I think I said that to you when you when you mentioned it. I, think, mm. I don't think they care about the random, the, the random people that might attend a game on the off chance. Mm. I think they know they've got like a, a oil market and mm. they'll happily milk that dry. Whereas like Dundee, for instance, right? I don't think that was their prices before lockdown, mm-hmm. but they probably added on maybe two pound a ticket. So in real terms, it's like, are you going to let two pound if you're a Hearts fan? You go let two pound stop you going? No, but if you do that to everybody. It's just milking the guys that are already going to go to the games, you know. Right. I mean, it's the Ryanair method, isn't it? They just once mm-hmm. you get you, they just keep squeezing and squeezing and squeezing and that. I've said among many other people at Celtic for years that you should charge sorry fans twenty quid to get in. Primarily, it's a shit venue, a shit uh, view you get and all that for that bit. But also, it would gear selecty stand on when other clubs are charging us thirty odd pounds. You know what I mean? Mm. But if we're charging them thirty odd pound, they can have got a fucking leg to stand on, like you know what I mean? I think that's what it becomes in Scotland as well. It becomes tit for tat. Like, I mean, the, the Derby Hearts got pumped six two years ago. Mm, um, I remember it well. I it was twenty. I think it was twenty eight quid then, mm-hmm. or twenty six quid or something like that. Aye. And that was like two thousand. And Hearts Hearts fans, some of the Hearts fans boycotted. It wasn't a full end. And yeah. but but you can't half boycott. You've either got to go full in or fucking or no at all. Well, aye. Another thing is, I've got to say, I think it's Chris Robinson that started this, in my opinion. Because I can mm. remember distinctly got to Tyne Castle the year before he took over, it was 16 quid, then we went back the following year, it was 20 quid. Mm. It's like, what the fuck? That's the thing, they, they, they see two or three pounds here and there as not that big a deal, but when it's happening every season. Well, the thing I always say, Doogie, is it's always the people, always people who set the prices that didn't have to actually pay them. Yeah, well, that's true. I, um, <clears throat> I thought, I mean, I think, that was, I think there has to be some sort of like... Um, not inquest or inquiry into the prices in Scottish football because mm. how how can it be the way it is and then you go abroad especially when I think the, the German model is one to follow mm-hmm. um, it's remarkably reasonable to go and watch football there and the, the your day out that's that's on offer it's not just one of the game the quality of the football the actual infrastructure of mm. getting to the game and then when you're in the ground, what's on offer there as well in terms of food stands, yeah. how easy it is to get food, easy it is to get bevy, and you just have, I mean, if that's not going to make you want to come back all the time, nothing is. 
and in Scotland, it really is just they're just they just sort of seem to be uh, banking on loyalty. Aye. And uh, where's the uh, the value needs to be improved? Um, I don't know how they can do that. It's difficult, but um, yeah, I think um, something they need to look at and see if they can really kind of do a bit more for the fans. Aye, especially. I mean, obviously they've looked at the fact that more people in Scotland go to football matches than any other country in Europe you know in terms of pro rata stuff so but I just you know I, I look at it and I, I think and it's not whether it's individual clubs or collectively fans don't have a voice in Scotland you know what I mean I mean even alright the foundation of hearts and all that but the only reason they've got a voice Paul is because they're fucking leathered in money left right and centre for years you know aye but that's it eh? like it's no they're not doing it because they think they want to listen to the fans opinions because mm. the fans had to put their money where the mouth is aye to save the club from bad management in the first place and then we've got a seat at a table but it's not like that's just happened overnight that's millions of pounds that have been put in to get that voice mm-hmm. Aye. and even then even then and I'm so hurt for I'm not going to dig a club but are they going to listen to things like that? <laughs> well that's the you know the, the, they always say the clubs are like fucking politicians who basically think make them like you You know, once a season when the season ticket comes like politicians do before an election and then they say see you later it's, it's the same thing Like there's, there'll be fans That moan about Like oh the derby tickets Have went up by Two quid It's 32 quid a ticket Or whatever But if they keep selling out If they keep buying them Aye Exactly If it keeps selling out It's it's pitched at the right level Clearly isn't right. it That's the problem Absolutely And then that's exactly what I remember Complaining about prices And uh, we played Juventus In the uh, Champions League Last 16 or whatever And Celtic had 120,000 applications For tickets For that And they just went Well you don't know where to go Somebody else will go That's it Okay So we've got a Two, three bits Of Sefco scrutiny This week The first one You brought to our attention Paul uh, The strips uh, What the fuck Was going on there With Ryan Kent Being a different strip I don't know I'll take it The barras Or something like that Fucking knows First off Why are Rangers Changing their sponsor For a European game I found that bizarre Like, mm-hmm. Why don't just have The same sponsorship it's not like it was banned, it was just another betting company. Mm, mm. Then I I don't know what the I don't know what the kit man's been playing it. <laughs> Fucking <laughs> laying out ten kits and then one may bet thirty two red when everybody else had the, the Unibet one. It's just amateur hour, isn't it? It's fucking European competition and somebody's running about with their own strip ones. Bizarre. Yeah, I think a kit man is a, like among many other jobs, including driving the team buses, uh, Jimmy Bell. Mm. Who the Celtic fans sing He's a bastard, an orange bastard His name is Jimmy Bell um, And that started when uh, I don't know if you remember Paul um, Queen Castle uh, Hearts won Against Rangers And Jimmy Johnson had just died And there was a minute's applause And he stood there with his hand behind his back You know He was also the guy that would refuse to lay Morris Johnson's kit out when he signed for them and stuff. Um, second huh. bit from the same game was McGregor uh, being dead inside. Um, <laughs> he said he put that in the line of film, like uh, he genuinely was <laughs> having some kind of like flashback to Vietnam or something. It was, it, fucking... it was like that thing. He remember the thing he George George Osborne in Parliament where he looked like he was jacked up on fucking Charlie and just sort of following the fucking vibes. Um, it's uh, bizarre. And lastly, of course, they've decided not to give Celtic any tickets for Sunday. Now, actually, to add a wee bit light to the story, the t- they had already given Celtic the tickets, 700, 
and Celtic were two hours away from offering them out to folk. And then they've just done a 118 and said, no, we're not going to have it. And I believe it was because of that club 18, whatever the fuck, were like, oh, we can't have them in here, you know. Um, my sort of uh, repost to Celtic was just to send the tickets out to us anyway. Mm. <laughs> we'll just so, turn up. Is there any kind of agreement between the clubs like, for, for you to give them tickets when they come or whatever? No, there isn't. But that, well, there was, but then there isn't now because... We had agreed to give them 725 tickets for the next game with the basis on the basis of that there would at least be a discussion to f- bring it back to full allocations. Mm-hmm. And that's the bit they didn't want, eh? So that was your safe go scrutiny. Um, I'm surprised you never picked up on me wanting to take 700 people to Ibrox to attack them. Like, but, you know, I, I, can only, I can only lead a horse to water. Like... Um, yeah, so the final angle of the day is a wee, cause, but just because there's uh, a guy I work with actually, a Dundee United fan, raving about uh, Charlie Mulgrew. So I thought we'd do a wee retrospective on him. Um, now, obviously, he started at Celtic, but he never actually played any games uh, initially. Went to Dundee United on loan, um, scored two goals against, uh, for Dundee United in 13 games. Can you remember who they were against? For Dundee United? Mm-hmm. No. Rangers, two free kicks in the same game. Oh, right, okay. I, actually, I, I remember three mm-hmm. kicks. Uh, he then went on loan to Wolves, played six games. Then on loan to South End, where he played 18 games and scored one, before Doogie moving to the Granite City. Indeed. Um, no, he was he was a good player for us, Mulgrew. Mm. Um, so we, <clears throat> we got him when uh, I think more probably been promised from at that stage after leaving, uh, going down south. <coughs> We were the ones that sort of got his career back in the right direction, mm-hmm. um, and I think he got off to he, he scored nine nine goals for us, yeah. and uh, there was even like I looked on YouTube, it was quite a good wee uh, sort of video of like basically all his goals. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, he scored some absolute crackers actually. He scored a couple of great goals at Parkhead, which you'll probably remember. I do. We were. We got it. We went two one up. He scored mm-hmm. equalised and he scored a free kick. And we ended up losing the game three two. I think Jan Beniguri Hesselin scored the winner that day, if I remember right. Yeah. Um, I, I was like horrendously hungover in Aberdeen, and I was listening to that game on the radio in my bed. Um, so all sorts of emotions and sweats were going through that uh, ninety minutes. Paul, and, uh, how how can a man that's hungover as much as Doogie go to a pizza joint before a game today? <laughs> I'm giving Beffet out maybe he's drank them dry beat him already before well we'll soon find out aye but he played 72 games for Aberdeen do yeah. Um but it's probably unfortunate because you're right he did score some great goals and he put in a lot of great performance at Aberdeen but the thing that he's remembered for his Aberdeen career was at the time he never had but he'd get Kyle Lafferty I was at that game <laughs> and uh, actually uh, at the game we had no idea that mm. I had not had by them. Mm-hmm. So this was this was sort of like maybe none of us really had like smartphones on the bus mm. to see like oh you'd check Twitter and clips mm. that were like oh by the way or like even at the game that would have happened. Yeah, mm. word, word might have got through something. I might have phoned someone saying oh, I never fucking touched. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until we got mm. back up to Aberdeen off the bus that uh, that he's never fucking touched them. In the same game, about five minutes later. Uh, Madrid Bouguera got sent off mm. for going studs up on 
Jamie Langfield. So it was 10 v 10 very quickly, but that was uh, one of uh, certainly I'll really be remembered for that, probably more so Lafferty. Mm-hmm. But uh, unfortunately, we got beat 2 1. I must actually yeah. interject um, when you mentioned Magic Begera, um to, to sound like a complete prick. I was walking along Hollywood Boulevard at 8 o'clock in the morning one day, about 2015, and I had a Celtic topo and I was jet lagged to fuck. And I'm walking along and I heard somebody shouting something and I never picked up on it. And then I heard that again, and, you fucking Celtic bastard. I go, what the fuck is going on? You're a fucking company for you to get away from this. And I turned round, there was a guy standing there, and he, and he went, I'm only kidding. Ha, ha, ha. I was like, what are you talking about? And he goes, Magic Bulgaria's my brother. And I was like, all oh, right, aye, okay, cheers, mate. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and that, I think he expected a 25-minute dialogue about Scottish football. I was like, mate, I'm fucked. You just leave me alone, you know? <laughs> um, but aye, great Aberdeen career. And then obviously he went to Celtic, Paul, where he re-established himself with uh, Scotland. Aye, um... So it was like he'd had a really good spell at Aberdeen and mm. I think he'd been knocking on the door of Scotland mm-hmm. and he wasn't getting any recognition. And I, I believe that he threatened to go and play for America. That's right, aye. I don't know why Grandparents, I think it was. Mm. And uh, eventually we went back to Celtic. Levine called him up. Mm-hmm. Um, and he he done, done alright. Like he never really ripped up any trees of that in the early part of his career, but then Scotland were mainly fucking poor to, to average mm. at best but he ended up with 44 caps and he, he scored uh, three goals for Scotland Estonia Nigeria and Israel and one, one the one against Israel was in the Euro Nations League mm. um, and a under McLeish uh, but I, he, ended, he ended up being Scotland captain for a few games at the end of his career as well which showed uh. how sort of full circle he came but he, he missed he was kind of in and out the team all the time and I, I was always a big fan of him because he was really good on the ball. Like the problem he had for Scotland was he never really found the position. He played midfield, he played centre half, he played left back. But he got he, he missed quite a few qualifiers about um twenty sixteen and then he, he kinda looked like he might be done at that level. But after we lost three 0 at Wembley, Strachan brought him back in. Mm-hmm. And I think it was almost like a bit of a last ditch thing for Strachan. He paired him with better. Mm-hmm. It's kinda well, too older, he's just back to basics and mm-hmm. like and the the game plan seemed to be like better going to hit the ball and Mulgrew could be the football player. Yeah. And it worked. It worked really well. It was the best we, we played for a long time and it was the best we played on our strike and we went mm. six games unbeaten and we made a good fist in the World Cup qualification. And I, I I think he really helped win over quite a lot of the doubters. And it's a real shame that he never got to 50 caps to get that sort of, get the medal and get in the Hall of Fame and all that as well. But um, when Clark came in, he was in, in his thoughts initially and he played, I think, his first five or six games, mm-hmm. but four of them were absolute pumpings of Russia and Belgium. And we played them back to mm-hmm. both teams back to mm-hmm. back. And Clark had they found his own team and his own players and it, it kind of signified the end for him. But I'm, I'm, a, I'm a really big fan of Mulgrew. The way he fought back after looking like he was done, coming in, being uh, really solid for us, a, a good intelligent football player like he, he, he kind of read the game really well at international level and I, I just say it's a wee bit of a shame he never got his 50 caps mm. to, to for that you know, momento for him but mm-hmm. I think he's came back to Dundee United and he's been yeah, excellent well, let's, we'll get there um, can I just say Paul whilst I admire your knowledge this is an entertainment show <laughs> you try and say something funny when you're you know um, obviously came back 134 games 20 goals Um 
I think his first season at Celtic, people were a wee bit unsure. Um, he solidified his sale when we won 2 0 at Ibrox, played left midfield, and this was his thing, if you remember. He jotted out jot positions all the time, and there was actually that was a part of his song. He's Charlie Mulgrave plays left mid, and he plays left back, you know. Uh, won the league that year uh, and won player of the year that year. Um, uh, he scored two at Kilmarnock, played like fucking Johan Cruyff that day, 1 6 0. Won the player, uh, player uh, the sports writers player of the year. And I don't know if you're aware, but there's a bit in the sports writers where they sort of shut off all their cameras and ex-recording and they have a wee, you know, speech, whatever. And Charlie Mulgrew gets up and says, uh, you know, just to clarify, everybody's been asking what my favourite position is, I want to answer right now, it's doggy style. Okay? So, laughter, laughter, laughter. Then he looks down and you see his face absolutely shocked and he remembers his mum and dad sitting in the front row. Um <laughs> Um, but he was a very, he was a stalwart for Celtic. Um, scored in the last ever Old Firm game, which was fantastic. Um, and kind of people sort of think that that was unfinished when he left Celtic, but actually, he played a hundred games for Blackburn Rovers. Mm. Scored twenty seven goals. Um, before... I was all, you always saw his name uh, popping up on mm-hmm. the video printer, mm-hmm. like, and uh, he took the penalties for them. But a lot of them, I've got a few that weren't penalties either. He was like he was scoring goals from corners and that. Eh? So yeah. he's. He's always had a magnificent left foot. Aye, aye, aye absolutely. Um, then he went to Wigan on loan, 12 games, and then Fleetwood on loan, 23 games, one goal, and then now he's at Dundee United, uh, having just played his third game. So that was uh, Charlie Mulgrew. So that's, you know, I've got through an hour, and uh, we just need to... Doogie's probably sitting there thinking, oh, Christ oh, mate, i got a power in the night. Well, don't worry, Doogie, sit back, relax, because it's about to be Paul's turn. Paul, uh, it came to our attention yesterday that you've entered your daughter into Little Miss Sunshine. <laughs> I've, I've put my daughter into a toddler's dance class. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the reasoning behind it? It's not, to let her meet new children and to get some exercise. Can you just confirm her age for our listeners? Two. Two-year-olds meeting new people. Hmm. Well, it's, it's to get her... <laughs> We've had two years locked in the house and she's no got to play with other kids. So it's like a... It's a it's, they're dancing in nursery rooms. It's not like I've got the, the fake teeth and the, and the fake tan and that out. And right. the, 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 look, Joe I, I, look one. I know you're actually, you know, a, you're a renowned for talking about pish. But you just <laughs> said there, we've been in the house for two years. First of all, we've not been in the house for two years, right? Oh. She was born two years ago. We weren't in the house for the first nine months of her life. That's the first thing. Right. Secondly, uh, we've all been out in the last day, week, month. Mm-hmm. So there's a second thing. I'm concerned about a father who wants to get rid of his daughter already. <laughs> I um, I, I had uh, very little say in our got in this dance class to oh, be honest. For but... fuck's sake. Now, I don't know what he's that cut. I love, I love I saying, but, you know, are, are you basically saying that you have absolutely no say in anything that goes on in that house? I think I think it's a good thing for her. No, that's not the question I asked you. <laughs> Do I have any say? I've got some say. In what? I, I don't know. What, what, what brandy crisps we eat? Well, what brandy crisps do you eat? Um, Cold and wonder, I don't know. I you just, just made that up, didn't you? Come on, man. That's fucking disgraceful. You're on the ropes here. This is turned into fucking war, mate. I mean, listen, uh, I love Steph's <laughs> posts and all the rest of it, but I just thought she's getting ready to chuck Paul out. 
because she was being really nostalgic on Facebook last night. Um, she was getting on nostalgic about going back to Time Castle, and I just thought maybe she's realised if we make Alba into a child genius, you know, the 10,000 hours of practice, you can get rid of you once and for all. Um, but I'm pretty sure that's not the not the plan. Maybe maybe the plan's to get rid of me. I wouldn't argue with that part, but I don't think about the, the children part. Well, I don't know. Well, if you get if you uh, dancing it too, she's got a good chance of doing the ten thousand hours thing. Uh, I don't think she done much dancing. It was sitting there, <laughs> no taking part. <laughs> that sounds like you're an in club. Uh, <laughs> where was the dance thing, by the way? Uh, someone called Church Hall or something like that. Fuck knows. I never went, couldn't oh, go. Oh, right, sorry, I thought you were there, so you weren't even allowed to go. Well, that just confirms it then, doesn't it? <laughs> um, aye, unbelievable. Um, but And, and also, uh, we've had some uh, feedback from a friend of yours, Paul. Oh. Uh, I believe his name is, hold on, I've just confirmed this, Inverdarek, no, James Lenny, <laughs> um, who's uh, rejected the notion that Austin Johnson fans are Tory farmers. Doogie, what's your thoughts on this? Mm, I think the jury's still out on that, mm. but um, I'd, I'd like to think that's not the case. But um, you seem pretty strong worded about it, Paul. So I might have to. Aye. I don't. I, I know. I know. I, I maybe know a couple of St Johnston fans. One guy that's a decent footballer at fives and that is mm. he a Tory? <laughs> he could be. Oh. Nah, nah. He's, he's more. He could be a Green Party sort of guy. Yeah, so maybe, maybe that's not true. Um, Paul, I've never really asked you. I know you didn't like St Johnston because they, they, they always beat Hertz, but and Tommy Wright ripped the piss at Daniel Stendhal and that. But what do you think? I don't know. Like, uh, they, no, uh, they've no had Tories for a while up there. They've no, they known that country mm. in terms of that voting. But still, typically, aye, it's a. It's a Barber wearing tractor drivers, no? Aye, well, I'm going to make a deal with James Lenny because I think he's a good sort, right? I do think he's a good sort. If he's willing to assassinate Murdo Fraser, (laughs) we'll stop calling them Tory farmers. What do you think of that, James? Okay, that's us ended then. And in the bombshell that Paul O'Neill dropped about Little Miss Sunshine, there's only one song we can leave you with. Until then, see you next week.